Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How are you doing? Oh my God, the world is, what a, what, it, I, I'm not going to even, I'm, I have nothing to add. I have nothing to add about the world, so I'm not going to even try. Okay, you don't, you don't need me, you don't need me to talk about this. But, um, anyway, thanks a lot for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Dr. Lisa, the self-proclaimed psychotherapist, which is just basically my way of saying I can ask people whatever the fuck I feel like. And, um, we are a really great station. And, you know, I really, uh, I really think this is a great time to support us because um, of how important, you know, free expression is. And this is free form radio at its finest. And um, it's a really good, well run, it's a good organization and we need money desperately. And we also need listeners and we need your support. We need, we need, we need you. We need you. We appreciate you listening to us and we need you. So please go to radiofreebrooklyn.org and uh, check us out. Okay. Like think about donating money. Just even if you even think like that, that would be great if you actually did it much, much better. But uh, check out all our programming. We've got so much great stuff on there. And any kind of music, comedy, talk, anything, everything. We've, you got to find something you like on there. I also want to give a um, a little shout out to um, Pierogi, a gallery that's at 175 North 9th Street in Williamsburg because um, they are having an art benefit that I am, I'm actually participating in it. You can buy my work. You can buy it. You can buy it. That's another thing you should do. Buy the work and all the money, 100% of, of the proceeds go, of at least my work, I don't know, but all the work goes to um, the Ukraine. So that's 175 North 9th opens tomorrow. Okay. Now, now we're on to our guest, Chris, Christian Finnegan. Can't hear me. Oh, I hear you with my ears. Wow, we're having a little <laughs> bit of a technical screw up here. Do you have the right? Christian Finnegan is here, and I'm just learning now that he can't hear me. That is so weird. It's the right microphone. I mean, it's the right. It's the right thing. The headphones is C. Uh, I mean, I can hear you with my ears. That's yeah. the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I'm going to have to look into this, and I've never had this uh, before. We are a nonprofit, so we don't have, we can't afford like the producers. I probably could have timed that a little better, no, right? No, as you're literally no. about to introduce me. No, 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 that's a perfect time. Are you kidding? Let's not keep this a secret. Um, how about, do you think if you yeah. took your headphones off, you could hear me? I can hear you fine. Okay, let's do that. As long I as you can hear me. That's- I can totally hear you, well, and it sounds works. great, and it looks like it's coming through. Then we're so good to we're go. going to have a great conversation. <laughs> People That's don't awesome. know that we're friends in real life. Yes, this isn't yes. some awkward I'm actually really, like, DJ guest conversation. We no, actually know each other. Yes, yes. I am I am so, um, but I am really honored, honest to God. I am really, oh. like, I'm really honored. I was going to make jokes about you slum. No, I have a real celebrity on, um, eh, and he's not going to, he, he's a really, he's a really, he's um, a very uh, self-effacing 
uh, man, which is which to me is hugely, hugely charming, and he is hugely, hugely charming. And I have let me just let me just show you this. There's yeah, two, I have three pages of notes. Right, two of the three pages are bio on Christian, so I'm not gonna really do that right now. Nah. I mean, he's been on every, he's been on morning TV. He's been, the Today Show, he's been on nighttime, you know, shows. He's had his, you've had your own TV show, right? I have. Yeah, he's like, if you don't, if you, if you don't, if you haven't heard of him, then you just don't know much about comedy and um, go do your own fucking research. That's all I have to say. He's yeah, had treat all it this... like vaccinations and do your own research. <laughs> and you've had like many specials. I'm not going to go on about. And also Christian also happens to be like everything else that, you know, he he's, he's on all, all the cylinders. He's, you know, smart, funny, handsome, charming, all that. And he's married to this woman. Like, I think you should get an award for being married to Cambry Cruz. Yeah. It's, do you mean because uh, what an accomplishment it is or how challenging it is on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> no, because... no. Just like, how can you be around somebody who just like, like in the last year or two, like Cambry, who owns or started your co-owners really well it's our money it's her place that's yeah what I, that's yeah what I and you help out too. yeah you're I take out the garbage you're part of it but um she her, her comedy club which she started like just like five eight, years eight years ago eight, eight years, years ago, ago? yeah oh, wow well. mm-hmm. so that was this year's best comedy venue from time out new york yep that's qed and that's uh in astoria queens and you can find that at qedastoria.com See, we're always we're always pitching. We yeah. always you have to keep promoting. I mean, it's yeah, it got to keep the lights like, on. I think it's doing really well right now, isn't it? Pretty you know, comparatively, well. I mean, obviously yeah. the last two years have been brutal, but yeah. it's it's sl- starting to tick upwards. I mean, the the weekends have been good. The the weekdays are still a little yeah, hit and miss. Pe- people you know. are a little slow about getting out. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, and Cambry's one who brought this to my attention. I mean, she, you know, all when people are working from home. The idea oh, of like right. what I'm going to put on mm. pants on a Wednesday mm. and go out like it, it's just not, you know, on, on a Friday or Saturday, it feels natural to go out and do stuff. But I think the whole culture of, hey, let's meet for a drink after work and then go somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah. kind no, of that's still an interesting iffy. point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always feel like that. Yeah. But I don't feel like I have to wear pants if I go to QED. You don't know. No, there's no requirement Absolutely. to wear pants. We discourage it. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd have more fun without your pants on. <laughs> actually no what i meant was how can you be around somebody who like all of a sudden decides well i think i'm gonna learn how to ice skate and the next thing you know they're like ice skating around rockefeller you see videos videos and then like i'm gonna learn how to watercolor which is the hardest medium in in painting you know watercolor and then like the next like how do you deal with that like does she like sleep like how do you deal with that it's it's a it's a it's a strange phenomenon uh i mean she really is just constantly there are certain people and uh you know i I know that did Radio Free to Brooklyn, who founded Tom Tenney. Oh, Tom Tenney. Yeah, Tom Tenney, who I've known for since the late 90s. But like, you know, people like Tom and people like Robert Pritchard and and a lot of the people that I started with, whatever, there are certain people that just create cool things so that cool things exist. (laughs) And that's such an admirable quality. And I love to be around those people. And 
And Cambry is kind of like the queen of that. I mean, she just she just sees something and she's like, why doesn't this exist? And she does it, you know, and 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 she does it with her own life too. She's like, I want to learn to I want to learn to ice skate. And then she gets super into it and she's and like, uh you know, she ran for town council I was in just upstate New York say, last year. Didn't, yeah, yeah, like yeah. And um Cambry, you should get her book. Her book is amazing. Um what's the name? Oh, Burn, Burn down, down the, the And you will come to learn that Cambry had no help. No. <laughs> she had negative help. <laughs> yeah. Negative. So, um she's a pretty she's a pretty remarkable woman. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I don't know if I me personally, I don't know if I'd have the self-esteem for that. Like it would either make me feel inspired hopefully or just like getting back in bed and I don't know. No, but there, obviously there times, she's good. I mean definitely she's you. you know, there are definitely times where it it probably has a negative effect on my productivity slightly just because like, well, I can't be that. So I might no, as well no one can be just that. play PlayStation for six hours. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, and I used to I, I, I remember I, I did a, a piece once at the Risk Storytelling Show where I talked about uh, that. I've kind of always filled the role of being like an emotional Sherpa to the person who I was dating at any given time that is just like. You know, whatever off run you have, I'm there to kind of just like be there uh, to sort of hold your hair back, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, and and with her, it's a positive thing. In past yeah, relationships, it's been a uh, negative thing. Right. But with her, it's kind of like, you know, she she's always trying to fit 15 pounds into a 10 pound bag. She's, and yeah. so I'm kind of there to help manage that as best I can. Um, and so I think that, you know, we all end up with the person who's giving us something we need. Hopefully. Whether we're. Whether, that, that <laughs> whether it's positive yeah, whether or not, positive right, negative, right, right. You know, and uh, and with Cambry, it's it's like she's just she's just alive. She's alive in a way that other people aren't, yeah, and absolutely. that's what I love about her so much. Oh, you know, yeah, is, yeah. Whereas I feel like I'm like a lot of people who you know I always sometimes feel like I'm I'm always sometimes that's weird, <laughs> like I'm operating my body via remote control from some third location. <laughs> wow. Do you know what I mean? That it's like I'm, whereas Cambry is in the, she is in the, the driver's seat right, of her own life, which right, I, you know, I right, super admire. Right, right, right. Well, you're, no, you are no slouch. You, <laughs> okay. For God's sake, you're, you know, whatever. Um, we could do the whole show. Like I said, we could do the whole show in your bio, but um, that would be, well, um, would that be boring? I don't know. We're not going to find out. Um, the thing is, is that you guys have been together a lot. You guys have been together. 109 years. 109 together. years. It's, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. We've been together since the uh, beginning of 2003 and married since uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, 2007. And uh, six. Oh, boy, I probably should get that right. She's not. Cambry, please don't get mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we've been together for a long time, like yeah. half, half my life at this point. Yeah. And you guys seem like a great, uh, a great influence on each other. And also close to my heart, like you didn't have kids. That's just my personal, that's my <laughs> personal thing. That's why everything's so great. They never mind. Um, but the reason, um, Christian's here today in particular is because, um, I was just, he did a special, over the pandemic called show your work and it really like moved me <laughs> frankly <laughs> and um i i watched it again recently but i thought it really like stood out as uh i'm gonna without sounding like a cheese cheesy art person i i don't want to get into like there's no way i can talk about it 
without just going overboard, but I just really felt like it was a work, you know, a real work of art in the way that I felt that the communication and the emotional connection and all that stuff transcended comedy or any particular art form. You know, it was very, there was a really pure connection between the viewer and the creator. And I don't, you know, I I love comedy, but I I don't think I've actually seen rarely, 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 rarely. I mean, Hannah Gatsby, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. but like it's it really it when I think about that. But the thing about um, Christian's um, special, and it's called Show Your Work. Um, and it's streaming now free on Amazon, yeah, right? We you can, should you get can, that in there. You can check it out on, on YouTube or Apple TV or Amazon, uh, but it is free on and Netflix, I think. No, uh, but it's free on Amazon, though. Uh, free right on now. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get money if they get if they pay for it other places? I I mean, I, I'm sure a little at bit, some point. Not much. I mean, I got paid a, a uh, Fee for small it. advance, uh, which I'm once that gets recouped, God, God willing, uh, that'll that'll I'll start to make money off that. Uh, but honestly, it's like this isn't a financial. Okay, so we're not. Gonna, no, no, it's, no, no. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, I got the notes here. It's a stand-up special about playing the hand you're dealt. Filmed in a tiny. It's filmed at QED. Um. And um, I like the way they this person describes Christian's work. Christian Finnegan brings his brand of hilarious and insightful social autopsy to topics that range from blah, blah, blah. So anyway, he's really insightful and he's really funny and all that. But I think what's really great about the special is that it was filmed at um, their comedy club or Cambry's Comedy Club. And it cuts masterfully between... um, Christian doing his set. It was about an hour set. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole thing's hour. about an hour. So it was probably, I would say it's probably about 45 minutes of comedy and then 15 minutes of other stuff, you know, or 50 minutes of comedy. T- talking yeah. to the camera and like even showing things like you cleaning the toilet there. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's, it is show your work quite literally, uh, you know, and it kind of all folds in because, you know, QED stands for the Latin phrase uh, quadrat demonstrandum, which means I have shown my work, essentially. Oh. Um, and so it all. But but yeah, it, it's, you know, obviously the pandemic was was challenging for everybody, but it was especially or, you know, it was in my particular instinct, it was difficult because I kind of lost two jobs. I mean, because in addition to doing stand up and all that, I also helped Cambry operate the space and not only did it shut down we actually had to move in we actually lived there yeah that was another thing you lost your apartment during during the pandemic during making the special well lost i don't know if it's or exactly whatever. well what what happened was is that we had given our land we had lived in the same apartment for 15 years we were ready mm-hmm. to move i've been there i think probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> t- and we uh we just wanted to move in in January of 2020. We gave our landlord notice, say, hey, on April 1st we're going to move out. Well, then the world fell apart, and we we said to our landlord, like, hey, do you mind if we hang around for another few months while this all the world works itself out? And he said, nope. <laughs> he said because he obviously wanted to jack up the rent because we had been mm. there so long, and so we weren't going to, you know, we didn't we we had, we have a little a little tiny little cabin in in upstate New York. 
And so for about a year, a little more than a year, we split time. Uh, we spent about half the week up in the woods and then half the week in Queens living at QED. And we had a, a mattress that we had backstage that we would throw down and they slept they slept on the stage and you can see a bit of that in the special yeah. and i mean it's amazing that you talk about it i mean it's fantastic oh yeah i would have to take a we had a i had a foot operating camping shower in the basement that you fill it up with water and then you use a foot pedal and you press it down and that you know surrounded by to go cups and and uh paper towels and stuff all, all in there all yeah. in the special i wanted to be like the opposite of badass do you know, I mean, so many, con- well, first of all, I, I'm not in a position where I really could pull off a badass special anyway. It's like, I, I mean, you know, just being realistic, it's like there are certain comics that can have the 200 seat theater and they can oh, have the, the flames oh. in the background and mm-hmm. have it really, I don't like that kind of comedy anyway, right, right? but I thought, well, if this is going to be kind of a small, intimate affair, like why not lean into that fully? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, you know, the whole sort of leather jacket flames in the background i'm the bad boy of comedy shtick yeah. like it is so tedious to me well i i do feel like you 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 made yourself vulnerable in a way that most comedians really don't because they don't want you to see behind the curtain they don't want i mean there's a sh- maybe it's like a showbiz kind of you know like but i i want to go through like how it came out uh, the whole thing but i just was going to so that you guys, if you haven't seen it, um, so I was going to compare it to um, what came out of the, there were a bunch of specials done during the pandemic. And one of them was that people talked about a lot that got a lot of airtime was um, Inside by Bo Burnham. Yeah. And everybody said, this is what makes me mad about the culture, folks. So everybody was like, yeah, Bo Burnham. He really like he really exposed himself. He was so it was so like you saw his beard grow over a period any of years and or a year and he didn't know what months, months. And he didn't know what he was gonna do and he didn't know how he was gonna go. In the meantime, Bo Burnham filmed that whole thing in a three point two five million dollar guest house on his girlfriend's property. <laughs> so if he's depressed, that's his own fucking fault. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing that um our 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 society um puts out there as you know real and vulnerable and you know something but I don't relate to that I don't relate to that but I felt that um whatever that is that was not there it's like christian like I felt like christian like you took risks like somebody could look at you and say this guy isn't making enough money or yeah. he doesn't have yeah. an apartment. And like, what else does that mean? In the meantime, no comics have any money. Or ma- no, I mean, no, I mean, very so few. much of, you know, it's, it's bad. It's bad strategy career wise. I'll say that because like you're saying with the, the Bo Burnham thing, it's like nobody actually wants to see real vulnerability. Not really. What they want to see is they want to see vulnerability flavored product. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and I, and I actually have a lot of admiration for Bo Burnham. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's no, not my I mean, cup the guy's tea, got but, but it's like, he's hugely <laughs> ambitious and hugely talented and, and a true original. And there aren't many and of them. Easy to like. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, um, there is this sort of phenomenon and it's, you know, this is where I start to sound like cranky old Gen X man, huh. but 
the the phrase all the feels have you heard that yes, that, of course. that term yeah. that to me is sort of my blanket f- opinion like that's what all of that is to me it's like i don't want to feel it's like when 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 somebody posts something on tweet uh, on twitter or whatever and like oh my god i am crying laughing right now it's like no you're not nobody yeah, is right, 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 you're not right. because people right. don't really have real emotions anymore so they right. kind of want just something like they have to ramp up their reactions to things because they're trying to make up for the emotions they don't actually have. Uh, as this is a little no, no. It's obtuse. it's it's our it's our, our culture is supposed to help society move forward and all that stuff yeah. and you know and add something and. But it's very easy to watch Bone Burnham, you know, and no against no offense to him, uh, suffering because you know he's not exactly. Do, do you know what I mean, there's no real. I mean, it, they, people act like he was like living in that room and he never like. Come on, yeah. who are we kidding? No, people, no, no, <laughs> stop. <laughs> and all the equipment he had and all that other shit. Yeah. So, um, but like when I saw the special that you did, I was just like, I mean, I've seen both. I mean, I saw his whatever, but um, I mean, you know, it's good. I mean, honestly, I saw it on a plane on an iPhone and it was a little boring. But that's <laughs> neither yeah. here nor there. Well, but um, when I saw yours, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Christian, Christian and Cambry, look at them. Like, like I feel like I felt seen. I felt thank you, seen. thank you. And I don't feel like that a lot. So um, I want to go through with you, like your inspirations and your thinkings behind it, and then um, we, you know, at the end. I mean, before we leave, I want to like talk about because how 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 you're feeling about like where you are now compared to where you were then. Because what's really interesting also in the, um, you say things in the beginning, like, what did you say? I don't know what's going to happen. I can't see the future. Like this is, what did you say? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a a quote that I love that I I feature in the, the special, uh, this, uh, psychologist Rolo, Rolo May, I believe Uh his name is, um, he says that, uh, depression is the inability to construct a future you know uh and that's i think something that everybody was feeling during the pandemic mm-hmm. some more acutely than others mm-hmm. but it's it's just the inability to sort of it's like when there's like a fog and you can't see five feet in front of you and that that's a really hard place to just sit in for a long time right and um you know not that anybody prefers bad news but sometimes even a negative reality is easier to live with than sort of a vague nothing, you know? Um, right, right, And so right. I, I think that that was kind of the the, the feeling of um, inertia that everybody was sort of dealing with, yeah. especially in 2020. I mean, I think eventually people started to adjust to it and change their lives accordingly. But, you know, it was, it was really yeah, bizarre. Yeah, this was filmed um, on was filmed, September 6th, yeah, 2020. 2020. And then it didn't come out until a year later until just because we took a long time to... Uh, edit it and you know for people who see it there's a documentary aspect to it like you said yes. there's some graphic effects and and so that yeah. took it. and since it was really just a a thing that my friends and I did together we didn't have any you know we we I I have a friend who's a really fantastic director Victor Varnado yeah. who I know has probably done stuff on, on Radio Free Brooklyn and uh, my friend Steve Rosenthal who's just an unbelievable uh, editor and they had worked together before and um. Um, and so I just kind of called them over the summer of 2020 i was like hey i need something to not to stop me from going crazy do you want to work on this with me 
but because it was just the three of us, you know, they have other jobs and other projects. Right, and so it took us right, a long time to kind of. Right, uh, right. But I know. also think that's why it's so focused as far as. Yeah, the I agree. Message. There's not too many cooks. It's, it's, it's just the, the three of us. And then we sold it to a distributor and then they put it out. So. Right, right, right. But um, I love this quote from here's something I wrote down. So like you said in the beginning, it's like QED. Is this an ad? this will either be an ad or a eulogy, and um, so you said that in the in the special, and like today we're talking about that QED was considered was voted the best comedy venue of this year. So I yeah, mean, that's, I think that's, that's, that's so that really blew me away. Yeah, I love that time out in New York, and and it was that was such a a great nice little boost because it, because it was a voting thing, like you know. I, I've been in this long enough and I know too many people who work in media. I see through stuff a little bit like yeah. when something when New York Magazine profiles a certain comedian or, you know, a magazine talks about a certain venue, I'm like, "Oh, okay, well, somebody knows somebody and, it's a and that's, that's the way it works yeah, and, and all that." But this was just a voting thing. This was just yeah. anybody could get online and vote and uh and so that was a real nice And nice it's boost. a story, guys. I mean, it's not like it's in Midtown Manhattan or someplace that's like really easy to get to that, you know. And um so so I I no matter what, I love that because we can look at this through a positive lens no matter no matter what yeah for sure for for sure sure. so i wanted to hear about like what what it was like for you as a stand-up comic you lost two jobs but also like you know stand-up comedy is your life i mean you you for better or for worse yeah yeah, i i i I have mixed feelings about that decision now but yes (laughs) it's not i don't think it's a decision for you probably not i mean it was um it was weird because it wasn't like something I'd planned on doing when I was really young. I mean, I was a big comedy fan, but it never really occurred to me. It was just kind of a mix of the things that I liked. And it was the first thing that I tried and didn't want to quit, you know. Yeah. Um, it was the first thing that I tried that when it went well, I wanted to do it again. And when it went badly, I wanted to do it again, you know, which is, you know, not. Yeah. I think when no, you find that, no, that's pretty much yeah. telling you that's where you're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. You're and you're, you know, incredibly, you're great at it. I mean, you're great. You're, you're performing is great and your writing is great. And the whole, the whole, he's really good at acting out too. I was noticing that on the specials, the acting, that's like, well, that's like theater training or something, right? I, you know, I did, I went to college as an actor and, uh, and eh, kind of hated it. I mean, I, I liked the actual classes, but the, the idea of being an actor, you know, it started to get really depressing as I started to, you know, see actor people I knew. And, you know, I have friends who are actors who haven't acted in two years yeah, well, because they have to wait for a part to come along. And mm-hmm. and then once, you know, I'm sure you've gotten these emails or calls from friends who are like, hey, I'm in this play. It kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. but can you come anyway? That's awful. And so I, I, I call I, that a trapped in the theater experience trapped in a theater i'm fine with it as long as they give me a heads up don't tell me it's great if you don't actually if you know it's actually uh, not great you know because <laughs> nice. i've had a couple of those where it's like no it's the best and then <laughs> and then i'll be watching it's like okay you know this isn't great Generous. you know it's not great uh, well um <laughs> but you you clearly are somebody that has your vision or writing or whatever you want to do your own material in whatever you would you know i can't imagine you if you were going to do a play you'd want to write the play I mean, you know, I, I w- sometimes I wish it wasn't like that. I, I think that uh, I would sometimes I would love to get out of my own navel a little <laughs> bit, you know. And um, I admire people who are 
kind of collaborators collaborators by nature. Yeah, me too. It's um who can do it and and not get all bent out of shape about it and I I wish I had more of that in me. But at the end of the day, I I think I'm a little bit of mercenary in that in that sense that I I kind of like that's one of the things that appealed to me about stand up comedy. In addition to actually being on stage and all that, is that it's it's a one man band. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. For it's, sure. If it goes well, it's on you. If it doesn't go well, it's on you. You're kind of a wandering yeah. samurai. And you kind can of thing. change it at will. Yeah. Yeah. Even on stage. Well, if you want. I, yeah, because that's the thing. I before I started doing comedy, I, I worked in publishing for a couple of years, oh. and I I did some freelance uh like freelance culture writing like i wrote some movie reviews for the village voice and oh, some I didn't know that. music mm-hmm. reviews for musician magazine and uh i just even magazine writing it's too much for me like i can't lock myself in a room for five days oh, and yeah. write ten thousand yeah, words or whatever a lot of writing you know for me i just don't have the attention span and so mm-hmm. uh or i i, I re- i'll rewrite the same paragraph a thousand times mm. and so stand-up comedy was kind of ideal in the sense that you can write this small little thing or more often outline. You're not even really writing, mm. writing. And you can find out pretty quickly whether it has some right. legs to it. Right, you know? right. And yeah, it's, for me, I need those little bite-sized chunks. It's great. Um, so I want to know, like, what kind of state of mind, like, where where, where was your head? Like, how did you get, what was, what were you thinking when you first started, when you got started doing this? Like, were you like, I'm going to shoot myself if I don't do this or? No, I don't, you know. I, were you writing material? You know? I was. I mean, I, when my first few years um, where I was, where I know like Tom Tenney from and, and, and stuff like that. No, is, no, I meant the special. Oh, the special. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No, no. Well, that, we that we already have two pages of bio <laughs> here. Yeah, trust me. There's plenty of times where I want to shoot myself. But uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, it was one of those things where, um, you know, for obviously for the first four or five months uh, or I don't know, three or four months of 20 when from March till say May or June. Uh, everything was just closed, period. Mm-hmm. But then once we started doing shows in the backyard at QED, which mm-hmm. seats 20, no more than 28 people, and we started doing some outdoor shows for people, and it really was kind of cathartic for oh. not just the comics, but a lot of the audience, too. And, and it was it was really quite nice. And um, we kind of got the feeling that the city was going to come down on that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um it was a little weird with the way they that stand up. I mean, stand up comedy in the city's defense, stand up comedy is a little bit like cockroaches. Like you can try to stomp them out, but they're just going to find places <laughs> yeah. to hide. Yeah. And there there were a lot of unsafe shows going on in 2020 mm. comedy wise. But they really kind of came down like a hammer on stand up comedy specifically. Like for a long time, you could have trivia nights in bars, but not stand up, you know, which <laughs> seems a little absurd. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it felt arbitrary. It felt personal. Uh, uh-huh. It's the opposite of arbitrary. <laughs> but um, it, it felt definitely like the, the city and the state, Como specifically, had it out for mm. this industry in particular. And so we kind of got the feeling around August that like this might not be long like they might shut this down at a certain point and you know so i kind of at that point i had about 30 to 40 minutes of material that i had really honed pretty well before the pandemic mm-hmm. and then i was like you know what i'm going to try to just film something before this come before this outside show mm-hmm. thing comes to an end mm-hmm. and it's like i have this venue why wouldn't i do this mm-hmm. and it kind of just started very small like mm-hmm. that and so I would say about two thirds of the material in the show 
is stuff that was kind of polished and mm-hmm. um, that I had had previous to the pandemic. And I, I, I just want to let listeners know oh, yeah. Sorry, if, they don't, if they don't know anything um, about comedy. No, but I mean, normally you'd be making a living touring, you know, on the traveling with this stuff yes. and doing it in theaters all over America. Yeah, you, usually, usually you would never record something until you would really yeah. hammer so it out. So that was really your lifestyle is really yeah. just writing the stuff, going out, polishing it. And then after, so, so that whole idea of going out and polishing it and performing on the road that was gone right yeah, that was completely. a big big part of your life yeah and you know there, there's probably you know maybe 20 to 25 percent of the special that is stuff that is was written in lockdown and really only performed a handful of times before i recorded right. it which is not the way you right. really do it right. That's it was, it was very strange being home and actually rehearsing stand-up which is something you never really do oh really no, no you were no. rehearsing it like well, because I had to memorize it. Like some of it was literally that new that I didn't know it. So cold. you would perform to like a mirror, essentially, or I would pace and have a tape recorder and then listen to it and then do it again and and then listen wow. to it again. Wow. Um. But yeah, I mean that's not the way it's usually done, <laughs> and hopefully it's not too evident. <laughs> um, it's not. No. But uh. But yeah, it was definitely a different way of 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 doing things. So that sure. was a whole new technique that. That you yeah. had to learn, yeah. right? I mean, it was it was refreshing to know that I that it could work that way. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, still don't think it's the optimal, optimal way. Uh, not for me. I mean, I I because a lot of times audiences will will kind of tell you where to go with the joke. Like you might have a joke that it's like a B or a B minus, and then you'll you'll be doing it live, and you'll see oh people are kind of reacting to this one sentence that I may not have thought was the big. Right, punchline right, or whatever. I'm going to lean into that a little further right. and see where that goes. And so you do miss sometimes that, uh, right. you know, mm-hmm. back and forth. Right. Except you have so much experience. But the thing, the thing is, um, how did you come up with the idea to do those talking, talking to camera? Is that what you call it? Yeah, or you know, a confessional, or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, interview segments, whatever you want to call it. I I think that it was something that occurred to me pretty much from the get-go, but I didn't really spend too much time thinking about it. And then like a couple weeks before we actually filmed, I talked to Victor about like, hey, can we make sure that there's a camera person there to kind of capture some B-roll of a, a setting up? And mm-hmm. and at that point, it was just going to be that, just some footage of us setting up and whatnot. And then I think after we shot it, we're like, well, why don't we kind of flesh this out a little and tell the story of what this is a little more with some actual interview uh, oh, segments. So you mean after it was all shot, that's when you decided to... I don't remember exactly the order in which mm-hmm. it came together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew I definitely wanted to have those things where I was, you know, cleaning the toilets and sort of bringing the garbage out. And th- I, I knew that that was the kernel of what I wanted the special to be. I, I wanted to be a down and dirty. This is like a comedian's actual life, mm-hmm. not the sort of glamour, you know, or whatever. In a, in a, a comedian in his 40s, not like a, a guy in his 20s who's out getting wasted yeah. and yeah, late right, every night, whatever. Right. Um, but I think that the, I don't remember, but I believe that the idea of doing actual just straight to camera interview segments came slightly afterwards, but mm-hmm, that's all blurred mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. What were you, what were you thinking? Like, what did you feel like you wanted to, like, I mean, the, the special goes beyond, <clears throat> I mean, the, you know, the 
it's great comedy, that great jokes. It's a given. But like it goes beyond that and I'm just wondering like what 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 the fuck what the fuck were you thinking? No, I mean like what what was it that you were wanting to to get to there? What did you want people what did what connect you made a connection. What were you what what was going on there? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it was maybe some um a, a a bit of stoicism that maybe I was not aware that I had, you know, or that, that, that was something that appealed to me. Not that I had it in better, in any greater degree than mm-hmm. anyone else, but that, that, that appealed to me as sort of a remedy for what was going on in 2020. You know, the, the, the special, and there's a, an element to the special where there's like a handwriting on the screen a lot, mm-hmm. you know, where, yeah. um, and the final image as I'm leaving a stage is just the word onward with an exclamation point, you know, and, um, and that kind of was sort of my mantra in in twenty twenty and in twenty twenty one. I mean, it still is in a way. It's just mm-hmm. just keep going, just keep mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. You know, keep going. Don't overthink it. Just push forward. You mm-hmm. know. Um, and I definitely feel like that sort of keep calm and carry on thing uh, was helpful to me. That mindset, um, especially when it feels like there is no direction. My my lizard brain will tell me to. I don't know which direction to go, so I better just stay here and do nothing, you know. But the better part of me, the high, my higher mind, will tell me no, pick a direction and go in it, even if it's not necessarily you're not sure it's the right one. It's better to go somewhere than to just sit around and wait for the answer to reveal itself. Right. You know, it's so funny because you use the word stoicism. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like. And I'm using the word vulnerability. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you think those as being like contradictory, but I, they're not really. They're I mean, not. So, but I also, um, yeah, there's a certain strength in that vulnerability. That's what we're talking yeah. about, re- really. You weren't afraid to reveal like how like you how like fucked up things were yeah. because you felt like that you were confident. I think in that you were delivering a sort of, hey, it's okay, guys. Yeah, behind yeah. that, and I think that's really, I think that's. I, mean, I, I think don't want to overstate. I hope that people watching it first and foremost understand it's a stand-up comedy special. You yeah, know, yeah, where yeah. I, you know, I no. talk about my junk. You know, it's not like it's, no, no, it's not a, it's not a, a tearful TED talk or anything no, like no, that. No, no, no. No, no. This but. is Dr. Lisa. I don't want to talk about the funny stuff. We only want to get to the, the, the you know, the dirt, the like. Well, it's you like know. sometimes if, like, you're, if you're not crying by the time you leave, this show isn't a success. Well, okay. Well, then by that, well, I've been sobbing this whole time. I just, I was crying on the inside. No, you guys, you, you, I mean, we're taking for granted that I already, yeah, you know, it's funny. It, it's very, it's so. very yeah. entertaining. It's very, very entertaining and very emotionally satisfying. Well, there, you know, I'm a huge Elvis Costello fan, and uh, there's an Elvis Costello album called Mighty Like a Rose, which I think is based on an old Irish or English folk song or whatever. But um, but I've always loved that image that that it's like you're strong enough to be crushable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, that, that it's right. like that there is a strength in in just being like, yeah, this is my pathetic life or whatever, you know, not pathetic, but you know what I mean? That, that this is warts and all what it is. And I'm not trying to put on some show or act and, uh, and that there's a strength in that. I mm-hmm. find it. You I, know. I, I, I agree. And I think that that's really, that's kind of the crux of what I'm trying to tell you guys that there is that, that the, the strength and vulnerability, the, and how inspiring that is and how important that is and how, 
especially, I mean, in the arts, um, people avoid it in comedy. People, particularly in comedy, I mean, yeah. Where yeah. And, you know, I've thought about that. Actually, I was thinking about making a comparison to visual art, something I know more about probably, is like when I think about um, how opaque, like you go to an art gallery and like it could be like, you know, like the blood from somebody's birth on the mm-hmm. canvas or something, mm-hmm. right? And you feel like, but it looked, you know, you can't tell just by looking at it. You, f- it, it gives you the feeling that the artist is really exposing themselves, mm-hmm. but the actual product that you're looking at is so oblique, yeah, that yeah, yeah. that you're they're really not. No, no, it's 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 showy. It's it's uh, it's kind of like I was saying. It's that emotionally emotional flavored product. Do you know what I mean? It's right. it, it's uh. Right. Yeah. It, it's 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 more like a stunt. Right. Than, it's a stunt. Anything, you know? And because of the way it's produced, maybe it's on a really big canvas in a beautiful, expensive gallery, you know, that money, money, the way things are produced really hides. Yeah. Uh, can really cover. Well, it's like, you know, it reminds me of like, you know, Andre Serrano, you know, Piss Christ, mm-hmm. you know, which the big to do uh, yeah. back when we used to hate Giuliani for other reasons back in the 90s. Um, when there's an artist who had a crucifix in a jar of urine and it was a caused a big stir or whatever, you know, and you know, I kind of rolled my eyes at it because it's just like, well, if you didn't tell us it was urine, then I wouldn't know if it wasn't right. called piss Christ. I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Right. And and so it's like, obviously, I a lot. I want artists to be as crazy and controversial as they can possibly be. But on a personal uh, aesthetic level, I kind of roll my eyes at it. It's like, uh, you did something good for you. Yeah. yeah, no, no, that's that's so true. Like, I made this painting that says, uh, "Getting arrested is great for an artist's career." Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's really that's really what we're talking about. So, um, how do you feel like when you look like there was like, think about? I'm like trying to imagine what you might have felt like when you were in the middle of doing that and thinking about it and stuff like that and how how things actually turned out. I mean, we talked about that with QED winning that award and stuff, but what were you thinking at the time, like where you are now? Like, did you, did you think you were ever going to get through this? Are you back? I, I, I mean, I, you know, even at our, even at the toughest moments of the pandemic, I mean, I never fully, I never fully lost sight of the fact that we were in a better position than a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense that uh, we had some savings mm-hmm. and that luckily m- the the real financially lucrative part of my career happened before the pandemic, um, which uh, to the extent that there was one, but that I wasn't, you know, I did, I did feel bad for a lot of comics who were just cresting uh, as the pandemic happened, you know, like uh, that had to really be tough, you know. Is when you're, you know, I just got an agent. I just got, you know, I'm getting auditions uh, all of a sudden. And then to go from that 60 to zero, you know, that had to be hard, um, you know, which for me wasn't really the case. I mean, luckily I had ebbed uh, prior to that. Well, I, I kind of lost interest in that whole world. I, I was on a sitcom for 100 episodes that you may have seen when you're on the treadmill at two in the afternoon. But uh, do you want to see the name of it? It was called Are We There Yet? I was the the white guy on a black family sitcom. Which oh, I, which was great for my like non comedy life, mm-hmm. but in terms of my career, kind of brought it to a screeching halt because I was 
I was just basically gone for about two and a half years. Oh, like I couldn't I, audition for anything. I wasn't oh, really able wow. to do many sets as many as, you know, because I was, it was a hundred episodes in less than two years. And wow. So it was wow. Is that, gru- you know, people think, oh, he's on a sitcom. It's really grueling. Was that, I mean, it's really like glamorous. No, and stuff like we that. shot it's in really Stanford, Connecticut. Work. I mean, in a, in, a, yeah. in a random warehouse. And, it's a hard life, right? Yeah. I mean, it was fun. And I'm, I got to meet a lot of, uh, like 80s and 90s celebrities who would do guest spots like uh, um, Cindy Williams, who played Shirley on Laverne and Shirley, played my mom in two episodes. Wow. <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty so cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, it must have been great. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a wonderful experience and I would do it again in a heartbeat. But um, but by the time 2020 right. rolled around, I was in a different phase of my career. I kind of didn't, I don't really enjoy acting. I kind of wanted to get away mm-hmm. from it. And so... I acknowledge that for even within the small little bubble of entertainment, I had it a little easier than certain other huh, people. Interesting, but and not even comparing it to people who actually were like <laughs> first responders. You know, people actually right, right. really had skin in the game. Right. Um, but you know, I, I I think maybe because you know we're talking about Cambry and how she's a very motivated person and she's a alpha is not the right word i mean she is kind of alpha but like type a you know she's she's definitely an aggressive person but as a result i think she's also maybe more prone to intense bouts of despair or or fear Mm -hmm. about the when 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 her path is blocked you know Mm -hmm. because she's always moving forward and it's out of her control exactly when she's not able to be in control of things and i was able i'm i'm able to reconcile myself to that a little more easily and so i maybe was i I was joking to people that uh the the pandemic feeling that was going on in 2020 is like i feel all the time and so it felt like stepping into a bathtub that was like the perfect temperature it's like oh the way i feel inside is now the way everything feels outside so this is perfectly (laughs) natural to me i feel like a a pig in shit you know (laughs) so did you feel like um so a lot of well, because that was really a difficult time for QED because it's based on people going out. Oh, yeah. I mean, so and of course, it's one of those things where it sounds like nonsense, but it really is true that it had just really taken flight. I mean, obviously, it had been around for five and a half years by the time the pandemic rolled around, but it had only in that last six months did it finally feel like, okay, great. Cambry's got a staff of bartenders that she's all mm-hmm. happy with. Mm-hmm. The shows are all kicking ass. Mm-hmm. All the producers are are gung ho. We don't have to worry. Like we're making money finally. Excuse me. Sorry, I got hiccups. <laughs> uh, and and so it really did feel like you know uh, snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory in in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're you know knock on wood, it's a different kind of success now. Things have gotten better recently. But for the first time since then, I think Cambria and by extension, I feel a bit of calmness towards the direction it's headed oh, in, like, like a positive feeling of like, oh, okay, this is trending in the right direction, generally right, speaking. You right, know? so it took two years. Yeah, but it's <laughs> certainly not back where it was financially. It never will be, probably, if we're being perfectly frank. Well, because we're one of the, and I think a lot of people have gone through this change, too, is you know, we're now closed Monday and Tuesday. It used to be open seven days a week uh, and there were like a hundred events a month. Uh, and now it's open f- like four and a half days a week and there's maybe 30, 40 events a month, you know? And so it, even if every show is selling out, it's not going to bring in the same amount of money it was before. 
but I think we've kind of both come to the conclusion that it's Mm -hmm. more sustainable for us mentally Mm -hmm. to do it this way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and if, and if all of a sudden the Wednesday and Thursday and Sunday shows are just kicking ass and we're like, we have more producers than we know what to do with. Well, then she might expand it to Tuesday or, but but for now it's like, we kind of are really enjoying having that life work. Yeah. 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 And you're, you know, and it's also doing as well as any, I mean, the whole world has changed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're all living in the same world. So, um, I wanted to ask you, we've got 10 minutes left. I want to find out, um, like what kind of reactions did you get? Like, what is there reactions to the special that you got that stuck in your mind? You know, I, I mean, obviously I, I wish, more people could see it. Of course. Um, you know, it's it's a little hard to cut through the white noise, especially because I don't have a major publicist. No, I don't really have I don't and I'm I am the worst at that. Like I'm super bad. Cambry's great at it, but she's too busy. Yeah. And I'm just I'm not a yeah, good you promoter. could use a little help with your Instagram. I start I tried it for like two months and I kinda of like I'm eh. like I'm like going, Well he's got fifty five thousand Twitter followers. Let's go look at the Instagram. <laughs> That's I just started the Instagram when the special came out, and, and I think I had like, like 700 people. What? Like, I know. Got I, less than me? <laughs> I'm not a picture person. I've never been a picture person. No, and you, so, don't, you don't need to do all that. I mean, I you've know. Got, you obviously have Twitter covered, so but, it doesn't uh, well, matter. Well, Twitter, that, that feeds into the worst parts of my brain, so it's I, I'm on Twitter you obsessively. Need, you don't need all of it. You don't need all I, of it. Yeah, I, I think at, at, at the end of the day you have to kind of just be the best version of yourself, as yeah. I say, you know? No. And I just come to the conclusion that, I mean, I would like to be a little more active on Instagram and things like that, but not that much more. It's mm-hmm. just not really my mm-hmm. thing. Um, but, yeah, so have you heard, like, did anybody say anything? Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, Like, I, the, what kinds of things have stuck with you as far as the reaction? The responses that? I've gotten have all been exactly what I was looking for, is that, you know, people using words like, you know, funny but bittersweet, you know, or or like, you know, impressive, you know, uh, that it felt like more than just a stand-up special, um, that it felt uh, that it had a bit of, a little bit of gravitas to it, which mm-hmm, is great, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. what I wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. I've always loved that sort of happy, sad thing, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, stand-up, I want the stand-up to be just funny. Like, yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely I want it, to be it is. piss your pants funny or whatever. But if I'm going to package it in something a little larger than just turning on a camera and here's me doing stand-up, I want there to be some shadows to it mm-hmm. you know i want it to be mm-hmm. three-dimensional well i thought it was really well done i think that must have been hard to um you know hard decisions on where to put the um talking to camera the confessionals and stuff yeah like that. that that was definitely... i wish you know of course afterwards it's like oh man i wish i had known this is what we were going to do beforehand because i could have maybe sculpted my set in a way that kind of made like i'm really happy with how it shook out but it probably could have saved us a couple months of edits and Maybe. going back and forth if i had been a right more. but but i mean it really does let the um the comedy the stand-up really breathe so i mean that stuff is is preserved and and the rhythm to it is is really good i mean um you guys worked hard on this you can tell but um i think that um yeah so i think that people so you got the feeling that people are pretty moved i definitely it. yeah i mean it's it's um I've been really happy with the the reactions I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just obviously you you when you work on something for a long time, you want the entire world to see it. I mean, no, that's, no, that's how. but but um, so ha- has this has that experience? Because I think you know what's really cool about it is that it 
by nature forced you to do things that you hadn't done before, like, you know, the um, talk, the confessionals and also the way you practice. A lot of yeah. it made you develop a lot of that's what happens, folks, pushes you to develop new skills and stuff. So, yeah, it definitely it and it and it, I loved that it nobody wanted it. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't something anybody uh, asked that for. You had to you know? do right. Now. I just did it to do it. It was just something I've always tried to inspire in myself with not a massive degree of success. I, I I think that I'm very much of my generation. I remember Patton Oswalt once saying that uh, that a lot of comics of his generation, and although he's a little older than me, I'm still in his generation. That we're kind of waiting around for people to give uh, us permission to do things, uh, you know, to, to sort of almost knight us is like mm-hmm. you are now a comedian, or you know, <laughs> and and that's kind of by the nature of you know you have to get on a late night show or you have to get a Comedy Central has to put your special on, like whereas younger comics just don't have those walls, you know, they're right. just like well because they can't because those all those gatekeepers have been re- rendered meaningless, and now there's a thousand gates, but each gate is worth one thousandth as much. But they just don't have those hangups. And that's something right. I, I would love to try to teach this old dog that new trick of just that of seeing the world as why not right. instead of who, why, <laughs> you know, right, 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 right. With all the gatekeepers. So has it influenced your work going forward or it has? I mean, I, I, I was telling you before we started, I, I just for fun, I just started something uh, two weeks ago, uh, like just a, a Substack newsletter called New Music for Olds, which is um, like one of the things. I mean, I've been honestly, I've had a harder time emotionally since the special came out than before it. You know, this last year is, was harder for me than I think 2020, really? I think, for personally. And I kind of, ever since the special, any sort of creative project has just felt like pulling teeth. And so I kind of looked at my life a few weeks ago. I was like, all right, well, what is it that you actually do? Like not what you think you should do or whether you wish you could do or have done. How do you spend your week? Mm -hmm. And once I eliminated all of the uh, unhealthy or indefensible things that I do, just like playing video games or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, well, I I listen to new music like constantly. Like I Mm -hmm. I'm always just toggling through new release sections Mm. and just clicking play because I love having like a new song that I love. Mm. And I know a lot of people, my, my former stepbrother who uh, is still my best friend. um, He and I used to have, you know, our whole relationship revolved around trading albums back and forth, Mm. but now he's, you know, he's got a real job, but he just doesn't have that Mm -hmm. kind of wherewithal anymore. And so he's constantly asking me to like send him stuff. And so I was like, I know a lot of people like that who just, they love music, but they haven't bought a new album in 20 years because mm-hmm. they think it's all K-pop or whatever. And, you know, there's there's yeah. great music out there. You just have to go find it, it and nobody has time for that. I do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, so I started this newsletter just every two weeks. I send out a few songs with some sort of thoughts on why I think they're worth listening to. And and that's the kind of thing where it's like nobody needs it. Nobody wants it. And I'm loving it. I'm, I'm just that's it's great. something I can do by myself. And uh, and I'm super jazzed about it. And how can people find out about that? Uh, Sign you up for can it. go to uh, newmusicforolds.substack.com. Uh, I think if you just Google the phrase new I'll, music, I'll for also olds. put the link up. Yeah. when I post this show. But if you, I think if you just Google new music for olds or just go to my Twitter feed, mm-hmm. you'll see mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff about it. And how are you feeling about the? We only have five minutes, four mm-hmm. minutes. So how are you feeling a little bit about the future of comedy in general? Is it getting? Um, I always think of comedy as something that can be very nimble as far as you know keeping up with 
you know, moving forward, developing, not just for you, but in general. But what's your feeling about the future? What's going on in comedy now? Um, the future. You know, I, I think every generation, and I think what's this is true in comedy, but it's also true in music, it's true of the arts in general, is that every generation is sort of a response to the generation directly preceding it. Mm. And uh, I think for, uh, you know, so I, I think for a long time, comedy was like super acerbic and negative. And there's sort mm-hmm. of been this very pleasant uh, kind of there's a there's a sort of a, a strain of comedy out there that I don't relate to personally. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of I like my comedy a little acerbic and negative uh, mm-hmm. because that's just how I grew mm-hmm. up or whatever. And I think that there's sort of a reaction to that where people mm-hmm. kind of they want to be amused more than have that sort of negative laugh. You know, they, they want to be delighted uh, and. That's to me fine. I mean, there's always going to be 10 different things going on in comedy. There's no comedy will manifest itself in a a gazillion different ways. But um, so maybe like less, less real or less or less, less caustic. Yeah, I would say. Well, that's the whole problem with this. I'm just going to I'm judgmental. That's right. (laughs) That's the whole problem with these kids today. No, I mean, but um you know, like you can get yelled at for doing something that like no one has a sense of humor. It's kind of a humor. It's a little bit of a humorless generation. Let's just well, that's say. What, yeah. And the thing is, in, in nobody is more humorless than the, than the sort of edgy ones who are willing to make the jokes about LGBTQ. It's like you're not amusing either. You're all actually being boringly serious because right. like you think that comedy is some sort of excuse to sort of settle scores with people you don't like or or to make some sort of statement to about you know a, a personal branding exercise right Where it's like to me it's right. like it, it should be about being funny like what actually makes you laugh like i i have very little patience or interest in the sort of like you you know you think it i say it you know yeah right right there's these two different di- there's this dichotomy that's going on right now that comedy is either like super nice and won't offend anybody or all it does is offend people just for the sake of offending people which to me, those are the same thing in a way. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're both more about personal branding than they are about making anyone laugh. But, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. that's a foggy thing to say. No, no. The kids are always right because <laughs> they'll be the ones alive and we won't be. <laughs> well, anyway, so um, that's a good example. See, of see if you have vulner- if you have strength and vulnerability, then you guys could laugh. Do you get it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I just want to make sure because we don't have we. So oh, I'm yeah. going to make sure that I get all the all the uh, credits in and make sure that I do another plug for our station. This station is great, right? Yeah, Christian, super. you've known it. Mm-hmm. You've been, you you've been on other you were on uh another show. I right? was on Face Boy's show a long time ago, but I think that's maybe the only time I've ever done is other that time right? I've done show. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to brag about this to everybody at the that's station right, man. in their face. <laughs> So anyway, you should really um, check out all of Christian's work and all his specials. And there's so much great stuff. And now you can even get the special for free. It's called um, Show Your Work. Yeah, Show right. Your Work. A lot of words, man. I've got I've got too much on my brain. Um, anyway, so you, and he's got like a, there's so much stuff. Just go to Christian Finnegan. Dot com. That's two N's in Finnegan. F I N N. Okay. Yeah. And um, his Twitter is Christ Finnegan.